I'm thankful to have Michael Ayagide with Capital Strategies and Mass Mutual Firm as a sponsor of the show. Like my passion for golf, Mike has a passion for helping others, especially in the financial department. Please allow him to give you a free financial analysis and help give you and your family a better fiscal outlook. I trust Mike with my finances. Please trust him with yours. There's several ways you can hit him up on his cell phone at 210-413-2522 or on his website at www.michael-agitted.com. That's Michael A. Agitted, Financial Advisor with Capital Strategies. Mike will not do you wrong. Thank you for your sponsorship, Mike. I truly appreciate you. Welcome to Nothing is OB, South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 51. I always have a special guest, but this guest has a really really soft spot in my heart for he is one of our veterans, proud former member of the United States Army. And he is the 2019 VGA, which is the Veteran Golfers Association champion that was won in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. Yes, that's right. The Greenbrier where they used to play the military tribute event. And uh, he's going to talk a little bit more about that. I have Coulter Katzman on tonight. Hey, Coulter, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off. Now, the reason why I asked you to be on the show is because you are a veteran. You are the 2019 VGA uh, champion. Now, 2019 VGA champion. And I saw you're the 2020 Texas champion. Now, uh, did you compete for that championship, the 2020 championship, or was it put off due to COVID? The uh, 2020 national championship was put off because they didn't want people traveling outside of state borders. Some states were shut down. Some states were open. Uh, Texas was one of the ones that was kind of like a 50-50 limited participant. So we were able to have ours down near uh, Austin at the uh, Horseshoe Bay area. Um, Marble Falls? Yeah, out in that area. And we had a great tournament. And uh, yeah. Was able to win the 2020 Texas State Championship and uh, looking forward to this year's state championship, wherever Robert Powell has it at. That's what I was just going to get into. Now, that's my boy, Robert Powell. And that's a good buddy of ours. He runs the the Texas, right? If I'm not mistaken, the Texas chapter. Uh, for yeah, the I, won't, I won't go into the uh, overtime, the extra holes that I had with him. <laughs> oh, oh, really? So, he, so you're telling me he pushed you? Well, I mean, we tied and happened to go into extra holes, maybe just one, but yeah. All right. So we'll get into that just a little bit later, but uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I know it's super important for me with my dad being a veteran and uh, golf really bringing people together. And I was looking over the mission statement of the VGA and uh, why don't you tell us, just give us an intro just about what the Veteran Golfers Association is for people that don't know too much about it. So Veteran Golf Association um, has been a huge part of my life for the last two years and uh, mainly due to the fact that I found it purely by accident. Of course, across the street from my house had a uh, banner that they put out and they said Veteran Golf Tour and there was an event. So I actually looked into it, found out what it was all about. Um, any veteran um, active military friends, uh, I'm not sorry, not friends, family, anyone that uh, is a part of military can participate, um, pretty much bringing awareness to military, their families, what we go through, and the friendships that we can make along the way. 
one of uh, Josh Payton's big claim to fame and the big thing that we uh, strive for is the fact that in the five to six years that the VGA has been around, we've had zero suicides. And we firmly believe that that is due to the fact that we create this family-oriented events with uh, not only just playing together, learning each other, uh, where we're at in the state, who who's around you, and I guess everything that kind of goes with that in terms of the family. You're muted there, bud. <laughs> there you go. Now, that's one thing Rob told me about is that I would be eligible because my dad is one, and so I would enter, be able to enter in the family section of the VGA. Yep. And that's what I thought was really interesting is that uh, you are able to allow family members, you know, because you know we do, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, hey, we're praying for y'all to come home every day. You know, y'all are y'all are on the y'all are on the battlegrounds fighting for our yeah, country, yeah. fighting well, for our I mean, The way that I look at it is that uh, I mean, military spouses for one. Um, there's a lot of military wives that golf, and there's no job out there like a military spouse. I mean, if you have ever seen a military spouse after a deployment with two kids and then being gone for nine months to a year, getting those spouses out there to play and have fun and someone they can communicate with and learn from and grow with in the event, it's just, uh, it's an experience unlike any other. So not only military spouses, but brothers, parents, Everyone that's around is just, uh, it's one of those amazing experiences that you can get to know each other. Now that stat that you gave that no suicides, that is freaking amazing. Because, uh, I do some work with one of the uh, combat wounded groups here in combat wounded veteran groups here in San Antonio. They're called Fairways for Warriors. One of my good buddies, uh, Steve Escobedo, he's a Marine. Uh, he runs it. And I've said it on the show before, but I'm going to say it again, is that they called me in uh, to a, I was there in a clinic one day and they called me in to like a little, they're, they're sitting there like in a board kind of meeting room and they're talking with, with their chapter in Orlando and they were discussing about, I, I don't want to say the stats. I don't want to say it wrong. The statistics about how many uh, veterans are committing suicide per day or per minute, something of that nature. And the, the statistic was alarming. And yeah. uh, it seems like golf being out there with those guys, they were, they were giving me the business. And I'm sure you know how you military guys are, especially army guys. And uh, it was really good because I did, as I was reading the mission statement, I felt that uh, one of the big things or one of the big goals was co building camaraderie and comp through competition as well too, because uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of us guys who can no longer play basketball, football, anything. And know, especially you military guys, you're super competitive. And this is a kind of a way to get those, juices and those some feelings back if i'm not mistaken a hundred percent but there's not just i mean i was able to win the a flight national championship but we have not only about wounded vet, vet uh wounded vet flights we have all sorts of a b c d flights senior flights there's even a senior flight championship where they can go and play their own um they do armed forces cups where they're playing army air force navy Marines, they're going out and playing out um, at Pinehurst here coming up soon. Everything is geared toward the camaraderie, which, you know, you can't beat it. Not only is golf challenging on an individual level, and it can be frustrating, it can be difficult, it can be the most challenging thing you've ever done in your life. But 
at the same time, it's amazing because you meet some of your best friends, you meet, you see some of the best courses, most beautiful views, you travel to some amazing places. And the VGA provides more of that than anything else because we are in cahoots with courses. We, we work with courses. It takes Robert Powell, all these, all these state directors put in tons of work to meet people that own a Dallas Cowboys club here up in Dallas. I mean, that course is two, 300 bucks to play and we're able to play it for a fraction of the cost and go out and spend a day and play an amazing golf course. So there's tons of courses and it's just a, it's a real honor to be a part of. Well, I'm so happy and so proud to hear that that because it's it still seems like you still you still fly that flag pretty pretty proud and now you get to do it uh, through competition and representing the VGA an awesome organization and uh, I got some comments right here one of my good buddies uh, is a is a form, is a veteran as well combat vet as well no job is harder than a military spouse yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a good he's a good husband he's a good husband <laughs> there is no job harder than a military spouse I was. I was, uh, we, we moved to Germany right after flight school and I spent four years in Germany, got there for a year within uh, the first year. My wife was uh, already uh, three or four months pregnant with our first and I took her to a foreign country and left after uh, about I think three months after our daughter was born, left her in a foreign country with a three month old for about six months. and. You know, not only did she persevere and meet some other spouses and, you know, raise our child, but she did a great job. And I, I mean, I don't know how, like no family within a couple thousand miles. It's just unreal. I, I totally agree that being a, a Texas high school football coach or being part of the Texas High School Football Association, I've been coaching for 15 years. I really think that my wife does an awesome job uh, holding things down so I can, so I can go out there and play coach so I can play Madden on the field. Right. And uh, I truly think that I married a coach's daughter. So, you know, and if I didn't marry, if I didn't marry, if I didn't marry a coach's daughter, I, I think I'd be divorced by now, you know, with all the hours and everything I put into it. <laughs> now, now I'm glad she, uh, she told me she likes the She likes the smell of popcorn and nachos. And so I said, all right, concession stand food. Hey, you got it for free the rest of your life. Got on credit, right? Than that. <laughs> now, why don't you tell us just a little bit about uh, your professional life and your family life? Uh, Eight-year Black Hawk pilot in the Army, uh, medevac. Spent most of my time in Europe over in Germany. Um, wouldn't have traded that experience for the world. Actually, I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii based on my seniority in class. And uh, because my dad, who was an F-16 pilot, his first uh, assignment was Han Air Force Base in Germany and my sister was born there. I thought it was really cool if I could have that opportunity as well and um, actually would have gotten a Hawaii slot but put Germany first. My wife uh, wasn't too happy about that but I took her over there crying and I brought her back crying though from Germany. She didn't want to leave. Um, amazing people, amazing culture. We, we saw and did so much over there and uh, when the opportunity arose to come back from uh, Germany, um, mainly due to my mom's sickness when she was fighting cancer, but at the same time, we were trying to um, bring the family together, come back from Germany, join the Air National Guard and kind of move into a separate next career, which was the airlines. So I started from the, I, 
I got out of the army in uh, it was January of 19 and I've been flying for Envoy, which is a regional for American Airlines for the last two and a half, three years, which has been a completely different change of pace. But, you know, all in all about the same in terms of <laughs> complaining people. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your family life. Now, I know you said you got a devoted wife and obviously we knew she was she knows she was pregnant. But uh, how many kids you got? Two kids, Presley and Blakely, both daughters. They are uh, seven-year-olds, been playing golf now for a little bit. She'll go out there with me and loves the game. The three-year-old just likes to be on the course, mainly due to I allow her to bring snacks out there. But There you go. That's it. That's, you got to train them young. Bring them out there. Let them just see the course, ride in the cart. It's about all you need. That That's how I was able to get my oldest daughter. I got two, 12 and 8. Yep. And uh, – that, my oldest daughter, that was that was the thing. She was so excited. She'd be on the way. She'd bring her little coin purse. I mean, she really didn't have to use the money, but uh, she's like, Dada, I'm going to get a Gatorade. And then what snack are we going to get today? And I said, you know what? Hey, whatever they got to choose from the, the peanut butter crackers to the, the Tex Mix, I said, hey, it's your call. That's right. You got you to gotta let them bring a little snack. And then my actually, my seven-year-old at one point said she wanted to be a car girl because she was just impressed. They got to drive. <laughs> oh, no. With so much snacks, she's like, I don't know how they do it. And I was like, well, all right. Hey, you know what? I never looked at it from that point of view. That's that, that's a that's a child for you. I know. She was, she was, they got drinks and snacks. That's all she yeah. needs. Like, how do you drive this cart? I'll do it. <laughs> all right. I got another comment right here. Uh, and like, like I said earlier, sometimes they don't register on here because I do see it on here. It's uh, my buddy, Dan. He says, Texas vets kick ass. Yeah, uh, you know, we got a lot of – we got a strong community. Of, I mean, Texas is a huge state. I mean, I moved here uh, two and, about two and a half years ago from Arizona, and I didn't – I mean, I never was a part of any events in Arizona. I was just able to play in Texas, and since being here, I've met some amazing people, and I, I've played in tournaments with them outside of the VGA. I've stayed at their homes. They've invited me in. It's a it's a really tight knit group of people, and there's a I mean there's a ton of us playing out in that uh, Armed Forces Cup out in uh, Pinehurst coming up here soon. Yeah, that's one thing Robert told me about that that he's got his 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 eyes set on that Armed Forces Cup to represent uh, you know to represent you know I think for him the Air Force. Yeah. And, <laughs> so so y'all gonna take care of him, right? I, you know I wasn't invited. I. Uh, I didn't play enough events apparently last year and get enough points. So I didn't qualify, but, uh, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'm be rooting for him from the sidelines and I'll be looking forward to seeing the army take home the cup. Cause I don't even think they need me to win. <laughs> they, okay. So now in the armed force, the arm of uh, the armed forces cup, is that through all the branches of military? Now does mm -hmm. that go all the way even to coast guard or no, or, I, what, think, what uh, bridges make it? I think it's rolled in with the Nate or the Marines on that one um, from what I understand. But I know that in terms of branches across everything, I know that we have them all covered. Now that that's good to hear because I know a lot, a lot of times some branches of the military don't get the same respect as others. You know, you got the, a lot of pe times people say the chair force, you know, <laughs> for the air force, but I know everybody serves a purpose uh, when they are. <laughs> hey, Jeremiah Sierra, Coast Guard is not military. You got another army. You got another army army guy right there. He's getting yeah, me in trouble. You know, 
it, the best thing about the military is that, uh, you know, we joke. But at the same time, I've, you know, being a medevac guy, I've worked not only with other countries, but I've worked with the Marines. Uh, I've worked with Special Forces. I've worked with Air Force guys up in the mountains, helped me pick up people in the middle of nowhere. I've worked with all branches, and every single one of them is extremely professional, extremely good at what they do. And there's no place I would have rather been than in the hands of those those experts when I was doing what I had to do. So, I mean, there's there's really nothing else you can ask for. It seems it seems like from what I get from everybody is that yes, you might be on different parts of the team, but it seems like everyone's got that same common goal. And then when y'all, especially when y'all band together, it y'all all really work well together, hand in hand. Yeah, and I mean, it's like the Army being the varsity team, Air Force being the JV team. You know, I I'm gonna give the JV team some some jabs, and I'm gonna goof around. I'm, but when it's game time. I'm going to be rooting for the JV team to get what they need done, right? But the varsity <laughs> team's the varsity team. You just – it is what it is. Right here. Uh, okay, what up, what up, bros? Brother in arms, go Army. There we go. That's right. Now, let's get to the golf side, all right? Let's get all to right. the juice right here on the golf side. Now, would you say that being a pilot and everything that you've done through your, your military career – kind of helped you uh, in the sports side of things? So it kind of started out weird for me because my dad was an F-16 driver for 20 years. So I homeschooled my seventh, eighth, and uh, pretty much my freshman year of high school. So my eighth grade science class was actually getting my pilot's license. So I went through the whole pilot's license stuff, pretty much had my pilot's license before I had my driver's license and had a bunch of hours flying uh, – a little airplane, doing that kind of thing. Um, those are the two loves of my life: was golf and flying. So continue to do that for a few years, and um, <clears throat> signed a full ride college golf scholarship. When did that? Had an absolute blast. Tried playing professional while well, mini tour for two years, and then the uh, the daily grind that people don't really understand, going from one event to the next if you make the cut you're playing money game events if you don't make the, if you do make the event you're you're trying to you know make a course your home course in like three days um but there's a lot of similarities for me in golfing and flying and both of them equal kind of like your quiet place you know you can when you step on a golf course you could be having the worst day of your life you could be having an absolute just terrible day, terrible week, terrible relationship, whatever it is. But when you step on a course, it's just you and the course. It's just you and your playing partners stepping out there. And it's you versus the course. So it's you, it's you out there. When you go fly, it's the same thing. You know, you step into the plane, it's you and it's you in the aircraft. You go out and and fly. And it's kind of one of those um, experiences where you kind of take it all in and you kind of learn. You know what route I'm taking, what the weather's like, what what kind of um, landing you're gonna be getting into, whether it's like long runway, short way, same in golf. You know, long shots into greens, short shots into greens. Um, it's kind of it's it's very relatable, and I enjoy it. Now it seems like you have to have a high focus in order to be a pilot. 
And uh, the same thing goes to be a, to play golf at a or to be an athlete at the D1 level. Now, what do you think helped you get to that D1 level? Because I know you stated to me earlier off the air. So why don't you tell some of our viewers how you're able to get and make your way to Idaho? You know, it's uh, one, it's finding the right coach. There's there's uh, there's not just one coach for you. There's there's multiple coaches. Um, I had. Uh, a great coach and an LPGA player named Penny Poles. Absolutely amazing for me. Uh, she she actually kicked me out when I was uh, 15. She's like, you're not ready for me. She's like, go away. Um, that was that was an eye-opening experience for me to be just told to go away and I wasn't ready for someone. So I ended up going to um, the Jim McLean Golf Academy for about a year. The Arizona Golf, uh, Arizona Junior Golf Association gave me a year's worth of lessons, uh, one a month. Um, they gave it to people who they thought were uh, not only had potential, but also had a good attitude and were um, able to kind of keep it going. And it was one of those amazing experiences going through them because they had, you know, 100 cameras and able to see not only back swings, forward swings, everything like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't come down to just that. It comes down to the how much you're willing to work and how much you're willing to put in. So, you know, going to driving ranges, hitting balls, putting, chipping, learning different shots, um, not just kind of basic shots, but even above that, what you're trying to, I mean, really knowing your golf swing inside and out, which has been one of the best things that I can say that I've learned from all my coaches. Now your time in Idaho, I know you stated to me that, you also played at Denver, at, at the University of Denver. Now, how were the differences, what were some of the differences between the two universities? And, and what were some of the things that maybe you had to kind of tailor, or you had to kind of learn, or you know, what was the biggest change? For me, Denver University was, uh, I mean, they were a top 25 school in the country. They, they had everything. They had all the practice facilities, they had indoor facilities, they had, um, heated ranges. They had any course in the area that you want to go from Cherry Hills to Castle Rock to um, Cherry Creek. All these courses were just, you know, you went and played them and it was an amazing opportunity to be a part of that team. Um, moving to University of Idaho, well, also De Denver is mile high. You hit the ball so far up there and it was always a change to, to go travel to a different place and then learn your yardages at a different course in California or Arizona going from 5,000 feet to, you know, sea level or a thousand feet. So that was always a challenge, but, um, Idaho, you know, it was a tight knit group of guys. I, uh, I loved my time there, met some of the people that have kind of molded me into who I am today and, and coaches that kind of took me under the wing and took a, a risk on putting me on a team. Um, having not seen me because I took pretty much a year off from golf after leaving Denver to uh, help be with my mom. Um, actually walked onto a D2 basketball team, but that that was just because my dad played D1 basketball at Montana State. But moved on from there, um, kind of got my love back for golf after playing a little bit at Northwest Nazarene and registered a year at Idaho, put in a lot of practice and ended up playing up there. But that program has grown. They are super competitive they got a great coach now in david noon who was a player on the team that when i was there and uh he's, he's a great guy 
So that's a good connection. That's a good way to keep uh, keep the generations together, especially from one team to another. And then alumni, you know, they have so much more pride. I feel like being a coach, uh, I'd never I'd never went to the school that I, that I'm coaching at right now. But I feel like I have a lot of pride in the school. And so I always try to really value those alumni that anytime they come back and and now being there uh, at the school, I've been at Blessed Sacrament. I've been there for 13 years. And so I've seen a lot of kids go in and out through the system. And it's always nice when they come back and they're like, hey, you were my coach when I was here. And then I've actually had some of my own some of my own kids that are now, you know, the coaches there. And so it's always a good feeling. So I'm sure uh I'm sure your coach is the coach of Idaho now is 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 taking good care of it. And so I'm oh, sure that's something that you got to have. You got to feel a lot of pride for. Amazing. I mean, I actually uh, I'm actually every now and then I'll rock the bag. He sent me a bag because being military, we move so often. I threw a bag in the garage and it wasn't temperature controlled. When I came back, the bag was just. I mean, it was flaking apart. It was just, it was not worth keeping, but it had a lot of sentimental value to me. So when I chucked it, I was like, man, that's kind of a sad day to throw away your college bag. And uh, when he went up there, I actually messaged him. I was like, yeah, it's a sad day. You know, without even really asking, it was like two weeks later, he showed a bag showed up with my name on it. I was just like, wow, like what, what an awesome experience to have that and rock that out there. That's lovely. I, I'm still hoping for something like that, you know, but but I, one thing I can say is that I'm a graduate of the University of Texas of San Antonio here in San Antonio. And yeah. uh, the head coach did give me one of his golf bags. So because but and, and so the thing is, I feel pretty I feel a lot of pride because we don't have any of that stuff. Uh, college licensed, you know, like golf, there's no golf bags like we can have all the dang gear but no golf bag. So I kind of feel like I'm royalty because when I show up to places, I, I'm always rocking my UTSA bag. There you now go. I got All right. Hey, man, I saw Roberts uh, and I see yours. Uh, yeah, the ones are good. They got some better ones, though. We'll see if we can get you one. All right. That's what I want to hear. I got Justin right here. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> that's my buddy, Justin. He actually uh, was uh, – we met in uh, – out in Germany, he's a he's actually a good golfer. He joined after I started playing it, and uh, we played. And this is just goes to the friendships and the relationships that you make. He and I met randomly because we got assigned in a foursome. Created one of those relationships. Army, Air Force, love. He, he hits the ball well. Um, he moved to Great Falls, Montana, and I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, if not more. And I uh, saw that they were having an event up in Great Falls at Metal Art Country Club. And I was born in Bozeman, Montana. So I was like, man, I'll, I'll fly into Bozeman. We'll play in this tournament together. We'll hang out. And again, it was just one of those amazing opportunities to be able to play in a VGA event with someone that you connected with in the military, keeping those relationships strong, playing the event, had a blast. It was, it was, one of the, it was a great tournament, great course. It was fun. Now, being a pilot and – and working in that that airline industry now, does that make it easier for you to travel? Because I'm always looking at the schedule, especially the rolling schedule that y'all have here in, in Texas. Because I know every state, for the most part, it, it's chapters, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a challenge no matter where you are. I guess. I mean, we we kind of keep an eye on flights and try to understand it, but. You know, the, the airlines right now is just a uh, 
it's a uh, revolving door. We don't really know what's kind of coming and going. Uh, people, you know, spring break was was huge. We didn't really expect the airlines to come back as much as it did during that time frame, but people are just tired of it. I think they're ready to get out and keep life going. And they realized that there was a year of, of wasted time away from not only family and friends, but also just being out and kind of celebrating, you know, doing playing golf courses and being outside and traveling and all that. I mean, airports are packed right now and it's, it's fun to see it. So I, I hope that the trend continues. I hope that you know, whatever's out there keeps working and we keep kind of moving towards in the right direction. Now, I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. The courses here, especially in San Antonio, they are super packed. And it's it's kind of like uh, there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Uh, I look at it as that a lot more people are, are familiarizing themselves with the game. They feel comfortable to go out there to have uh, some bro time, to have yeah. some beers. And it's something safe, you know, that they can feel safe and feel comfortable to do. I know. I think when the quarantine happened, that was one thing. I was in in my backyard. I got some. I got. I got half grass, half turf, and I have a net back there. And so, and so I was. I said, you know what? I said this is the time right now, especially when courses were shut down here. I said this is the time to improve when no one else is improving. Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, I know that there's talking to a bunch of friends that are in the golf. um, People that are a part of it, uh, golf has grown. I mean, we, we had people in the game that we probably never would have ever seen had Corona not happened. So, um, it's kind of a, I mean, there's always positives to look at. I mean, while the coronavirus was completely a negative and has completely destroyed lots of people, lives, businesses, everything like that, there's always a few takeaways you can kind of look at. And the fact that we have a ton of people that probably never would have, found the game of golf or been a part of it that are now joining the VGA because it was, it was something that got you out, something that, that got you onto a course, fresh air, walking, exercise, um, meeting new people and being able to social distance all at the same time was something that they couldn't shut down. So it was, it was great. We have, we have so many more members that are joining every day just because of this opportunity. And that's what I like to hear, especially uh, for veterans, because I, I don't think being being a child of a veteran and being kind of seeing things on the inside and seeing what some of the things that my dad has to go through in regards to his health care and everything. And you hear the horror stories about, you know, the, the VFW, you hear the, the horror stories about the VA, you know, and things like that. And I, I'm, I'm thankful to say that my dad has had nothing but positive experiences. He had a triple bypass surgery a few years back. And the doctors wow. and everything, uh, you know, the service was just top notch. They really took care of my dad. And and I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful. You know, I've also heard the other side where some people, they, they have struggles. And, and that's unfortunate. But I think the VGA is just one of those organizations that I think it brings a lot of hope, a lot of positivity to maybe people that might feel lost. Yeah, uh, I think the best thing about the VGA is – the opportunity to meet someone who might have been through what you've gone through. Um, Robert Powell, um, there's a ton of people that he knows. There's a ton of people that he's dealt with that uh, when you sit there, uh, Jeff Cans, another guy, they, they will sit there and they will help you. They will guide you through a VA process and 
they will make sure that what you're doing is the right way and make sure that you're kind of going through the channels the right way and just kind of sit there and like text them, message them, whatever it is, they're getting back to you within minutes and they're like, Hey, this is what you need to do next. This is who you need to call. Wait a second. Let me call this guy. I know, I know so-and-so. And if they don't know someone, they're like, I think I know someone that can help you. And they're texting the next guy. And it's, it's an amazing group and channel. That's like, if, if you don't, if you're sitting to try to do this fight on your own, like you're, you're messing up, you know, you, you need to have that buddy system where it's like, I don't know the next step. And it's not, it's not a problem to admit that it's, it's one of those things where you go, I, I just don't know. So having this system of other people that you've, you, they're, they're you're getting a foursome with you. They're forced to spend time four hours with minimum four or five hours where you go play golf we, you bring up all sorts of stuff. Hey, man, I, I don't know what to do from here. Cool. But here's my phone number. Give me a call next week. Let's talk. And it keeps you going. It's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to get through the VA, trying to get through this. I'm trying to do this. I don't know why they're not accepting it. Hey, send me what you got. I mean, they, they, they're awesome. They're great people. Well, normally when I've played with vets, that I've, I normally hear that same thing. It seems like everyone's just, they just want to lend that helping hand and kind of be that ear or that shoulder to lean on if anybody ever needs anything. And I freaking love that because, again, I'm all, I'm all about the team, all team, team, team. And I love to hear the camaraderie. And then my buddy right here, Albert Hutchinson, said, what is the process for joining and playing in the BGA? Is there a handicap stipulation? Um, so the way the BGA has started for this year is uh, – Pretty much they've moved into the new handicap system. Um, and from what I understand, um, a flight, if you are a low handicap player to a plus scratch, whatever that is, you can pretty much show up for any event on VGAgolf.org. Uh, Go to that website and um, there's a way to sign up. It takes 24 hours once you've signed up to be able to register for tournaments. You can register in any state. You can play in any state if there's a, if you're traveling and you just happen to be there during a tournament and you want to play in that event, you can sign up. Um, once you're back in your own state, um, last year or two years ago, uh, playing that Montana didn't count towards state points in Texas, so there wasn't state like cross transfer points. Now the way it's set up, it is set up to where if you play in any event across any state, add up to points no matter what. And uh, three events. Once you acquire three events with the VGA, they will place you into. They'll use whatever gym handicap you have to put you into an into a certain flight, whether it's B, C, or D. But once that flight is, once you have those three events and you have those three scores, that'll that'll be the determining factor of which flight you end up in, and whether or not you'll be able to win based on those. Because I know B, C, and D have net, whereas A flight is just strictly gross. Yeah, and, and, that, and that makes sense because you want to keep things fair for, for all people. You know, you want to get you want to make sure that that they're in the right flight, that that it's fair, you know, it's not a crazy high handicapper versus a low handicapper or a scratch golfer. And yeah. it makes it it makes things a lot more playable and it gives people like a chance. Everyone they just want a chance. They just want a shot at that title. Now I have <laughs> right here I have Sergio and we know the answer right here, Sergio. Can any veteran join the VGA? And the answer is yes. And even, you know, yes. family members, like we stated. Yeah, we, we encourage them all. I mean, if there's any questions or anything like that, feel free to send them towards um, the Veteran Golf Association Facebook page. They have a great page. 
Um, any questions that can be posted there, normally within a few minutes, you're going to get a state director that comments and says, hey, shoot me a personal message. I'm going to get you hooked up. They'll tell you how to sign up, um, walk you step by step through it, even tell you what events are possibly near you. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and show just a little clip. Oh, dang, man, looking sharp. Is there a wardrobe change? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. My bad. Oh, man. Hey, so so tell us, how did you get to be in that red jacket? So the way they did it in uh, 2019 was a certain amount of points acquired over the year. Once you uh, – each point is different whether you win – just show up for the event, so on and so forth. Once you uh, have a certain amount of points, they open certain tournaments. So the regional tournament for us, which was the Central District, opened up in Nebraska. And they had a regional tournament, and the top two golfers from regional was sent to the uh, Greenberg in West Virginia for the national championship. And – all history from there so so you didn't have to qualify or you're stating that you did have to qualify in, in in the state of texas to to represent texas or was there other people from texas representing there was other people from texas represented in terms of there we had a we had a state tournament which uh brought a certain amount of people from texas to the regional tournament and then the regional tournament was there for that for the um national tournament um, for 2021, I know that they're doing uh, a state tournament, and then I believe they're going to do regional tournaments again, and then national tournament is out towards the uh, New York, New Jersey area, um, end of or middle of September. Now, for these tournaments, uh, what was probably just your biggest high that you had during this time, obviously besides the win, was there something, was there a situation, a story, a shot, a hole that just kind of got you there, what would made it, you know, would clinch the win for you or what, what was something that might've been the determining factor? You know, it, for me, it's family. Um, it's, it's, I know it's kind of lame to say that, but, uh, my mom passed away from cancer. Um, and my dad, military life, military families, you don't, you don't normally get the opportunity to spend that quality time with family as much as I have. And uh, my dad took time off to go to regionals. He walked the course um, at 60, 61 years old, walked the course, played like all the way through both rounds of that, went to nationals with me. And uh, was there for that. Um, there was actually a couple that was there on like their fiftieth uh, anniversary at the Greenbrier. They were just looking for something to do, and uh, they got a cart and they followed me around with my dad for the first round. And by the end of the first round, they were just kind of like hooked. Like, what time can we be here tomorrow? We need to be there. And by the round, my dad's telling me he's like. I've got like a 10 foot putt for birdie. They're like, we need to make this putt. It's no longer like he needs to make this putt. It's like, we need to make this putt. And it's one of those things that just kind of brings it all back into perspective that how golf is. I mean, it's so, 
it's an adrenaline rush. It's adrenaline. I mean, for not only the people that are playing, but the people that are watching, um, being a part of it. I mean, the VGA posts scores online, live scoring, live, and people are watching it constantly. They're like, oh, how can, like, how is he doing? Like, they're always refreshing. And it's kind of one of those things where it's, uh, it's just amazing to be a part of. I mean, the best, the best part for me was the national championship. Um, I, I took a lead on, after going birdie birdie on nine and 10 and uh, the Greenbrier was just an amazing facility. Like it's, you show up and the hotel is huge, enormous, the driving range, the facilities, everything is top notch. You can tell why they have this PGA event there. And, and that's what the VGA is trying to do with the national championship is they are trying to give you, a tour-like experience. So when you qualify for nationals, you are going to receive this tour-like experience where you are treated with the utmost, you know, not necessarily respect because you should be always getting that, but the uh, utmost love, attention. You're given, you know, the rooms and bags, clothing, shirts. You know, it's like whatever you need at the time. It's like it's there. Um, it's, it's one of those things. It's just, it, it, it's amazing. Now, I think that that's what it's all about. And that's how you can tell a good organization or a great organization is that they try to, they try to give you some of those feels that the top PGA players are getting, are feeling now. I, now I did watch uh, the big break season at the Greenbrier. And so I'm super familiar with the course, with the facilities. I know they have this huge, like underground bunker built. Yeah. For like, uh, I guess, uh, like the for the Senate or for the Congress or the President, yeah. something of that nature, and uh, it looks like it's top-notch facilities. It looks like the resort; you can go fishing on there. They have so many things to do. It looks freaking amazing. It looks like it's just kind of hidden in the trees over there. It's uh, what's crazy is how small the surrounding town is compared to how big that resort is, and it's that resort and that facility keeps that town just booming. And I mean, you have to go through a ginormous casino to get to that underground bunker. And oh, I like that. It sounds yeah. even better. They have everything. It's like you show up in suits and everything to go into the casino and it's like, okay. Like, I mean, they have cottages on the side that just, I mean, players were all, all sorts of players were, in cottages down the down the row and people were hanging out on their porches after the first rounds and practice rounds and just hanging out now that couple that was really invested it, it seems like that's kind of what uh, that's kind of the feeling that you want to get or the feeling that that you've given off to other people is that they're really rooting for you and they want to see you do do well now uh, as being part of the VGA and representing uh, representing as the national champion, are there any events? Are there any things that you have to do as being the champion? Because they didn't have it in 2020. So, so in fact, you've been champion for like two years. Two-time champ, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, when, uh, when 2019, as soon as that one, uh, beginning 2020, I was able to go and uh, play a couple rounds out near um, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, um, not necessarily in the event. We were we were kind of um, part of a different event near it. Uh, we played uh, Monterey Country Club, which is part of the Pebble courses. We were able to walk around, um, hang out at the Chevron Shootout, 
have access to a bunch of different areas. Um, I was, we were supposed to be able to go to the Masters, hang out for Tuesday at the Troops. Um, a lot of that's been canceled just because of, um, you know, minimal participants there, minimal people. So 2020 was canceled, and because 2021 was limited, you know, it's been one of those things where we, we kind of haven't been able to do it again. But um, there's been so many amazing opportunities that, that we've been able to be a part of. Um, the, the VGA in general, especially with Josh Payton, the president, and uh, Aaron Ojard and all those guys, I mean, they, have a, they, they work to create relationships and it's not even, it's not even just relationships that are going to last a year. He works on relationships that are going to last a lifetime. Um, he's, he's gotten great relationships with Strixon, um, other companies that offer veterans 30% discounts. Once you're a part of the VGA, um, off gloves, balls, clubs, whatever, whatever you need, they're, they're willing to, to work and take care of you. Um, there's there's so many opportunities and the fact that they they have uh people like nomad customs um, nomad customs does a uh, tour issue pair of one-of-a-kind shoes for the national champion so i mean i don't know if you've ever seen some of the football players and players that wear nomad customs but yes. they they sit there and they show up and it's these shoes that are three, four, five hundred dollar pair of shoes, and then he adds this custom ink and artwork to that end up turning into masterpieces. And uh, you have know, them. I would, we want to see them in the VGA ones, but oh, dude, the Concords, you got the 11s. I did, oh. 11s. They damn, they, they did uh, the nice little VGA logo, you know, and oh. uh, he, he did an absolute amazing job on these and uh i've had so many people ask me how they can get a pair and uh honestly the only, only way to do it is to uh win the national championship and uh talk josh into buying a pair of shoes that is probably over the top <laughs> but um it was it was a once in a lifetime experience that that i was uh pretty one of one Whoa. one of one <laughs> that's bad that's badass dude that that, that is so badass i mean that's a relationship that josh payton has has worked towards he worked towards creating that relationship with nomad and says hey like would you be willing to donate this and it's something that he took time out of nomad took time out of this company to create a pair of shoes for a, a veteran tour champion and says yeah I'll, I'll create a pair for him so and that's just you know that's what he does it's great that's awesome, man. That, that's great to hear because y'all guys paid the ultimate sacrifice and you know it. Uh, now you're doing it. You're doing it on a different type of stage. And I'm so glad that uh, you, you got somebody like Nomads. They're awesome. I follow them on Instagram. Oh. It does some great work, man. That, that's yeah. clean, dude. And, I, and look, check, check this out. Locking uh, up. I swear, no. We're back on. Sorry about that. There Sorry about go. that. But um, so so you busting out those concords, man. I just I, I freaking love them. They look freaking sweet. Now, what is your favorite course around this South Texas, maybe San Antonio in down area? All right, so 
you're gonna hate me, but I I don't remember the course name I played in San Antonio, but it was where oh. we was at. You'd have to ask Robert. I know it was in North West. It was a super private course that we played the regional event at, but it was. It could have been either uh, Clubs of Cordillera, Briggs Ranch. It might have been Briggs Ranch. Briggs, Briggs Ranch. Briggs oh, Ranch. yeah, sweet. Course. I showed up to the driving range there the day before, and it was massive. I mean, the chipping green, everything. They had coolers with, like, oranges, waters, these recline chairs. I probably sat in those recline chairs for probably, like, 45 minutes before, like, on the practice round day because it was just so beautiful out. I was like, this is, like, shaded area. The putting green was probably 100 yards long. It's I've huge, never, right? I've it's never huge. seen a putting green that big before. I was like, it's amazing. It's it was beautiful. Um, ben Grass, Ben Grass. It was amazing. Um, Houston area. My uh, my grandpa's brother is a member at Golf Club of Houston, and I was able to play an event out there. Um, the course was packed on the day that I showed up, so I couldn't get a practice round in, but because he was a member, he took me to play the pro side. So we played the pro side the day prior and then was able to play the actual course the next day. And, uh, I mean, it was – the course was amazing. There was a guy – it's funny how VGA events work because that tournament, I think I was two over through five, and there was a guy that started off birdie, par, eagle or something. He was like three under through like four holes. And uh, at the turn – I think I birdied 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, and just went on like a tangent and ended up shooting 68. And at the end of the day, it was just one of those ones where you kind of black out and you don't really know what you shot at the end of the day. And I I firmly believed in my heart that this guy was still like five under or something. And I was, they were like, oh, yeah, winner buys drinks. I'm like, cool. Like, who's buying them? Like, where's he at? And everyone's like, you. I was like, oh. Uh, let's go. I got him. So, so you're saying you had an out-of-body experience is what you're saying. It's just some of those days. I, I don't know what it was in 2019. I, I had uh, – there was two or three tournaments in a row where I kept shooting myself at what I thought out of tournaments. I would go like one or two over through three to five holes. And it's like one of those experiences where you feel like you're out of the event you just kind of go, you know what, now I'm just going to play. And you start making birdies, making pars, making some saves. Next thing you know, you're back to even. And you're no longer just kind of worried about score. You're just kind of playing. And it's great. You know, you, you if you could just start that way, you know, pretend like you're, you know, down by seven in the fourth quarter, right off the bat in the first quarter, that'd be great. That'd be the best way to play, you know, just – Always down by seven. Always, always down. Just keep playing. Keep pushing. You against the course. Now, damn, that that's a run. That's a run right there. That's run that that some people I, I've never been on a run like that. I guess that's what I would say is you're in the zone. Or now, have you been on those runs like that before? Yeah, I, it's uh, you know, there's I don't. There's always been those. Uh, I guess it's like growing up and learning holes. It's always the they, they talk about the uh, six red, six yellow, six green. And uh, most of those holes and stuff like that are always, you know, dependent. But um, pin placements and stuff like that, you're always trying to give yourself a chance. But there's always the six red, like, hey, just put it in the middle of the green. Take your par, 
get out of there. Then there's the 6L. It's like depending on where you hit it and you're shot into the green, you might be able to go for it. And then there's the 6 green. It's like it's go time. You know, it's, you know, 90 yards, 100 yards, middle of the fairway or chipping. Like you're you're firing at that flag because there's zero places you can miss it that's going to get you into trouble. So um, it's, it's a lot of learning, a lot of growth in the game and uh, kind of seeing where you're at and – it's, it's been a blast to kind of grow up in the game and see, I mean, I wish I had some of the knowledge I had now back when I was playing in college. Well, well, listen, listening to you, how you break it down. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a novice to golf cause I'm really not. I've been playing since I was in elementary on and off. And then obviously once I became a professional and had my own money, I was able to, to put myself out there more, but hearing you say that, I know for me, I'm always, as a coach, I'm always trying to, to pick people's brain and, and hear different strategies. And honestly, for the first time, I, I interviewed so many uh, teaching pros on here and so many people within the golf game here around the South Texas, in the Texas area. And I, I've never heard that. The six red, six green, six yellow. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I said, you know, I'm over here jotting stuff down. And I said, I always try, I always love to take things from my guest and apply them, you know, apply. I said, Hey, I got to learn something from these, these studs, you know, that I'm talking to. And I really like how you break that down. And that's something that moving forward, I'm going to really try to incorporate in my game as well. Definitely. I mean, it's all, it's all based on, you know, misses. It's one of the best quotes I've actually ever heard in my life is uh, it's not, it's not how good your good shots are. It's how good your bad shots are. Um, Cause your good shot and my good shot are probably the same. If we hit it the best we possibly could on a hole, probably be in the hole or next to it, right? I mean, if we hit the best shot we could, it's probably what it's going to be. But the worst shot, the worst shot we possibly could hit, that's where we differ. That's that's where, you know, 15, 20 handicaps differ from people that are two, three scratch golfers, you know. My, my worst shot might be something that just misses the green 20 feet, 30 feet right of the green, and then I got to chip up and down, whereas someone who might chunk it or chunk whatever like that case may be. But if you look at it in terms of 6-6-6, six, six, and six, if there's a pin on a par 3 that you're playing, it's 205 yards with it, and it's in the front left, you shouldn't be looking at it. Don't look at that flag. Hit it, hit it in the middle of the green, take your two-putt, and get out of there and be happy with the par. Not every hole has to be a birdie because a three on that hole is going to get you a stroke all day because most of the scoring average is probably going to be three and a half or higher. Now, as we talk about golf shots here and how you break things down, what is probably your most memorable shot that you've had out on the course through all your rounds? You know, that's actually the easiest question I've had all night. Um Back in back when I was a junior golfer, um, I played in the Southwest Amateur at um, Karsten Golf Course, which was uh, used to be the Arizona State Golf Course. Now they play at Papago. Um, my uncle, who's from Montana, called down. He was like the Montana State Am for three years in a row. He was a really good golfer. He called and he was going to play in the event. We both qualified for it. He actually asked to play in my group. They were like, yeah, let's play. Um, my mom caddied for me. My dad caddied for my uncle. And we had uh, some random guy. And um, it was the second round. And uh, 
Number 10 was a par five. It was probably the easiest par five on the course as long as you hit the fairway. And of course I missed the fairway, actually knocked it out of bounds, hit another one in the fairway, ended up making bogey on the hole. And I was, I was just upset. Played the next hole and I was still upset. Got to 12, which is the par three is about 187 yards or so. Um, Pin was tucked up front, bunker just short, had a high bunker, couldn't see the bottom of the flag. And um, it was it was the same thing. I, I, things I wish I knew now, you know, like just let it go. Continue to play golf. I uh, asked my mom, like, what club, six or seven? And my mom goes, seven, because it's the Lord's number. And and I was like, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm mad enough. I can get a 787 yards, no problem. So teed it up. Flushed it right at the flag, never even watched it. Literally just grabbed the club, threw it in the bag, just kind of stood over there. Never saw it land because you couldn't see it over the bunker. And uh, we get up there, and I walked right by the hole off the back of the green. I'm looking for the ball. Couldn't find it. My mom reaches in the hole, pulls out the ball. She's like, you made a hole in one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's jumping around. We're all excited. My uncle was probably uh, 30 feet short right. He gets up, chips it, knocks it in for a two. <laughs> he steals, your thund- steals some of your thunder, right? We got a one and a two. We were all excited. And the guy we played with, I think, made like a seven. Like, uh. I mean, that, that had to be the hardest hole of golf that man ever played because we had a one and a two. And he just – and, I mean, it was all family. So he just – I mean, it was, it was, he was outnumbered. He was outnumbered, right? It was one of the most amazing experiences that I'll never forget being able to, to have that. I mean, uh, I got one of the trophies they sent me for the hole in one over here on the right. And it was, it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever received in the mail. Now, in staying with the lighter side of golf, favorite golf movie? Tin Cup would have to be one of my favorites. Um, close second would be Happy Gilmore, but Tin Cup. Um, with Roy as probably one of my favorite characters just because, you know, I mean, he, he always went for it. You got to go for it, right? You got you to hit that shot. You got to try it. Um, you know, he probably talked to himself as much as Jordan Spieth does. But, you know, he had a caddy that didn't make sense. He had a game that didn't make sense. But he still played it. He always went for it. Like, that's that's golf. Like, something that just doesn't make sense but seems to work out. So, I would think that is definitely one of my favorites. Texas golf, too. It's Texas yeah. golf, so you got to love it. That's right. What's yours? Oh, damn. On the spot. Damn, okay. I. You know what? Like, happy Adam Sandler movies, I just – I love them. I love Adam Sandler because it seems like he's just a regular dude playing these characters, right? Uh, yeah. But I have to say it's, it's the greatest game with Francis we met. Okay. And I just – I kind of like I, – I like how when things – like I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now just because, you know, we're getting into these feels and stuff. And like, you put me right there. You put me right there in your group when you explained your hole in one and, and I'm a true believer in Jesus Christ. And so hearing your mom say, you know, seven, because that's, that's the Lord's number. I'm just like, that, that's some divine intervention right there. You know, hundred percent. My mom got me my first of three hole in ones for sure. There you go. You know, and that, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful memory. And, you know, as a player, an athlete, and a coach, you know, you get in those high pressure moments. And I'm sure you know from being in the military, being in some of the thickest stuff, 
you know, you kind of just put those blinders on and there's just some sort of just a calmness. You hear nothing. You block everything out except for that exact moment, you know, what's going on. Because, I mean, yes, I do only coach middle school, but these championships to some of these kids and to me, those are like, you know, those are as far as I will, I will be professionally. And any champion, it, it takes a little luck and it takes a lot of hard work and, and champions have, in order to get to a championship, in order to put on that red jacket, you have to do some things that others are not willing to do. And so I love that movie because it, it shows you just his grit, you know, his, his tunnel vision, his focus, his blocking everything out. And so I, I, I like how I like in those moments and how you even stated about when you fly or when you're out on the course, it just it kind of puts you at ease, you know, and you're just you're, it's kind of just you and everything else, you and the course and everything else is just blocked out. Okay. And so that's what I love about that movie. That's awesome. Now tell me a uh, favorite. Let's see right here. OK, now uh, in going to your rounds of golf, what yeah. it, who are you playing your last round of golf with? Sentimentally would be my dad. Uh, normally would be whoever's buying the last round at the 19th hole. <laughs> and if it could be anyone in terms of popularity and famous people, um, you know, it would probably, I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche to say Tiger Woods and especially that honestly, there's a lot of people that I would like to learn from. Um, Honestly, Patrick Reed is someone that's not um, very liked right now, and he's got a lot of issues and all that, but the man has learned to um, kind of not care. And, I mean, he he is more stipulated and more harassed than any player on tour, but at the same time, he continues to just fight his fight and continue to push through and continue to win. So. Um, I mean, I would love to play with Tiger. That would be a dream come true. But I think if I could do it right now, where I'm at right now in my life, I would probably try to learn something from Patrick Reed because that man plays through some of the biggest adversity that I've ever seen. Captain America. Good old Captain America right there. Gotta love him. Now, what's something uh, in, in Beyond the Stakes? I have a little section called Beyond the Stakes. Okay. Now, as you are – playing and you play in so many rounds of golf what is something that somebody can do to get under your skin is there something that uh they can say if you leave a putt short oh there's a little meat on that bone or something they do in your backswing or just something that just like just freaking annoys you you know there's there's not much i i remember uh in the regional term you know the funny thing is uh normally like little weird sounds bother me um I've kind of learned to get used to them. I was actually at the regional championship. Uh, it was the first hole, and I stood up over the ball, and I'm, I addressed it, and I hear this high-pitched hum sound, you know, like, and I'm like, I looked around, I'm like, what is this sound? So it's making this like, screeching sound. Yeah, that, that was probably one of the most interesting things to be able to step up to a tee shot and kind of hear it and kind of back off and then – Talked, uh, he goes, oh, he kind of pushed it in. Um, so that, that was something I've learned to deal with. But, I mean, um, honestly, I think uh, the only thing that gets under my skin is um, negative attitudes. 
I negative attitudes have have kind of um, I, I practice a lot. I've practiced a lot. I've I've tried to um, continue to perfect the game, master the craft. Um, and I'm nowhere near Tiger Woods. I'm nowhere near any of those professional players. Um, and to imagine a lot of these guys that play in the BGA and play down um, B, C, D, family flights, whatever it is, um, even just a random round of golf. Um, people that, that throw clubs, break clubs, um, curse, get upset, and, and they don't put in – a quarter of the amount of work that I do and they expect to hit every shot. Just amazing. Um, that I think that really gets to me because golf, golf is just a great game. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would play it. Um, it's, it's a tough game. It's, it's, there's, it's the only game that I know of that is four days long and one bad shot can cost you the tournament. You, you go and you look at, like, the NFL, and it's like those people get paid millions of dollars even if they drop one catch. Even if, they, even if a baseball player drops one pop fly, they still get paid millions of dollars. A PGA pro goes out and hits one bad shot over the course of 200, 300 shots in a tournament, and they don't get paid. So it's, it's depressing and frustrating for me when you show up at an event and you're playing with someone – who just has a terrible attitude. I think that's the only thing that actually gets to me. Now, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, like to, I like to think I'm a chameleon when it comes to golf, that I can play however the group is or however the tone of the group is. Or, uh, you know, you want to play gimme golf, I can play gimme golf. You want to put everything out, I can put everything out. You know, or you want to be a stickler for, you know, when you want to call out all USGA rule, whatever, this, that, and the other. I said, I could play however you want. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I really, I really like uh, the positive vibes because, you know, it, because no matter what, we're going to get down on ourselves as it is. And I think as being in an organization and being a group, what the VGA can do. Uh, I think the VGA, it, it, you kind of set the tone, you know, being around Robert and being around some of the guys, it, it seems like everyone kind of comes in with that good, positive attitude and that y'all are in it for something way bigger than yourselves. Yeah. Well, one, I mean, to be frustrated is fine. To be upset at a shot, that's fine. Um, but in terms of playing the VGA, I mean, it's, 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 it's more than, than just a game. Like that's, that's like the VGA motto. It's more than just a game. Like we show up, we meet people. Um, I'll, I'll go to events and I'll try to be at events that I'm not even playing in just to meet people, be a part of it and, and let them know the benefits of being in the VGA, what, what the potential is, what the opportunities are, where we've been, where we've come from. Um, when I was there, you know, three to 4,000 members since then we're at, over 10,000 members. I mean, we've, we've grown exponentially and it's amazing. And it's, it's not about, you know, where we've been, what you've done, any of that. It's like, Hey, where are you at now? What, what's, what's going on in your life now? And we pair people 
you know, there's people that get paired with friends, family, all sorts of stuff, but we do our best. I know to kind of mix that group and, and not force you to meet other people, but try to get you to branch out and meet other people. And I've, I've done that multiple times. Like I try to get out of the groups I normally play in to meet other Texans and continue to meet other people that are around us and continue to be a part of it. So that's, that's the best part that I can see. Now, what would you say to somebody who would be on the bubble of joining the BGA? Would you say it's something that uh, it would be beneficial for them as being a veteran or being a family member of a veteran? You know, uh, if you're on the bubble, you know, there's, there's really not much that, um, there's not much that should stop you from joining. Uh, we play top notch courses. We play some of the best courses in your state for a fraction of the cost. You're going to get to play courses you would never get to play if you didn't join the VGA. I mean, you'd have to pay thousands of dollars for a membership or know someone that has a membership there. And, and we're still going to get you out there for a fractional of it. And you're going to meet some of the most amazing people that you've ever met. And it's, it's the same thing with military. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You, you show up and I don't know what it is. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in the military, you know, you're going to move every two, three, four years. That's just a fact. You're going to move. So you learn to make someone your best friend, you know, in, a couple days to a week. I mean, you're like, yeah, they're, they're it's my best friend. Yep. That's just the way it is. And uh, it's, it's great to kind of have that camaraderie and you're going to meet someone like that in the VGA. You're going to, you're going to meet them and you're going to want to stay with them at nationals. You're going to want to be there with it when they win. You're going to want to try and be out there and walk with them. If you didn't make it, um, if they'd made it, you know, if you made it, they're going to want to be out there walking along with you at the same time. So, well, I'm glad to hear that. I think you've been a great ambassador and a great spokesman as being the 2019 and, you know, in a way, 2020 champion. You haven't been defeated. So I know, you're doing some... <laughs> now, I know you're doing some great things and I appreciate what you do. And I appreciate you being on the show because I know the Veteran Golfers Association has done some great things, grown by seven over close to 7,000 members. Uh, it saved a lot of people's lives and I know it's going to continue to save lives and I thank you for being the great champion that you are. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me out here, man. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit my website, www.nothingobgolf.com. You can hit me up on different forms of social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Nothing is OB is my handle. Also, please check out my YouTube channel, Nothing is OB, South Texas Golf Podcast. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Please click the subscribe button. You can leave a comment, rate, and review. It's how it helps me grow the podcast. I truly thank you for all your support. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is obese.